the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Final hour of the final show of this second full week of January before we head into an extremely chilly single digits uh, weekend. That includes Monday. I mean, they're talking at 1.4 degrees here. Now, I don't believe anything the weather people say because it's like rolling bones or something like that. I feel like what we should do, and Billy, maybe this is a side hustle, is we create a magic eight ball that has weather on it instead of like, try again later. You shake it and it just tells you what the weather is. And then we run a side-by-side comparison of the magic eight ball weather predictor next to the actual weather people here in Colorado and just see who's right more often. I feel like I already know the answer. Uh, listen, before we get back into Jared Polis's State of the State address, it's a doozy, folks. Um, they want to remake Colorado. They hate people that don't live in the city. Uh, if they don't live in a city or a congested area, they want to do just about everything possible to discourage you from uh, from that outcome, including, by the way, releasing gray wolves into <laughs> those really cute and adorable gray wolves into uh, into rancher territory right there. Uh, our number, 303-696-1971. If you weren't scared at all about the potential future for Colorado based on Jared Polis's state of the state, just look at some of the bills the General Assembly is going to try to run across his desk. We talked to, about a couple of them with Sherry Pye from Complete Colorado, page two, and State Senator Paul Lundeen, Commodore of the Senate. Uh, and those include things like uh, the name change thing, and I don't want to go through the entire thing, but just of it is this, without parental input, knowledge, consent, nothing, uh, the school is going to be bound if this law passes. It's uh, HB 24-1039, would be bound to call a child by any name that child says. And, and by the way, it does not appear by the terms of this legislation that that's limited in terms of how many times a child can decide, not whether they want to be called Bobby or Susie or whatever, but any name of any kind. And that's how it has to show up in the yearbook. That's how it has to show up on their school ID and on rosters and all that. Can you imagine jerseys, jerseys that people wear in sports will have to wear the name. I mean, there, there was a guy, folks, I'm so sorry to get off on this sidetrack. I didn't mean to. There was a guy out there in Jefferson County who everybody knew and who I think I even prosecuted once who changed his name to Mephistopheles fetus grubber. At least he did the legal name change, right? So you know that it took some effort. There's some permanence there. This law would allow children like me, and I would have in high school, to show up on an unending basis and announce, I'd like to be called Mephistopheles fetus grubber, or I want to be called JC, or I'd like to be referred to as Satan, or I want to have the principal's name. I want to be, there's no limitation to what someone can do under this ridiculous, misguided, I hate parental input law. 
So if you're not concerned at all by the things we're going to go through with the state of the state, just remember there's a General Assembly there to really make you wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. Uh, Something that won't make you wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat is the decision to go with Mitch Florio with the Art of Granite when you're looking to upgrade the countertops in your house, whether it's the bathroom, the laundry room, kitchen is the big one, right? Maybe a finished basement. And I've thought about that too, man, the finished basement thing. It's just... I. God, the radio needs to pay about three times as much if I'm going to go down and do a serious job on that basement. But if and when I get there, one of the things I'm going to do is get the wholesale pricing that Mitch Floria offers at The Art of Granite. The website is the place to go to start, theartofgranite, all one word, dot com. But, you know, Mitch is a great businessman, but he's also a great fan of Salem and 710 KNUS and the George Show. So if you tell him, I'm a listener. This guy does more than the wholesale prices. He'll throw in the bathroom countertop, the entire bathroom countertop with the kitchen countertop package. Boom, done. Oh, by the way, if you're only doing one room, that's okay. He'll throw in the sink for free with the countertop package. The craftsmanship, the workmanship, undeniable. Long-term employees, not subcontractors. You really need to get down to his showroom at about Colfax-ish and 6th. Out there in Jeffco on the road towards the courthouse. That's how I know it. Easy to get to. The stuff you see, you're blown away by. And here's the other kicker to this thing. You get a chance to meet Mitch Floria. Mitch is a great and compelling dude. We'll have him back in the studio very, very soon. Uh, His number, and he gives you his number, 303-386-5919, That's theartofgranite.com. Now, in this state of the state, I already went through the fact that the governor's dream is for everybody to live in a city and to have the ability to hop on a train or a bus or take a bike and be able to get to wherever they want to go. And it's so predictable because the schedule is known and it's adhered to, just like everything else the government does. Uh, Here's another part. They love trains, man. These lefties love them some trains. And the reason they love them some trains is trains control people's movements, right? Like trains have to be on a track. It's on a schedule. If you've ever been to Europe, you know that whatever, quote unquote, privatized companies they have are limited in what they can do and how they can do it. There's significant government intervention and regulation of all of that stuff. And that's what they'd like to visit in Colorado. So the moonshot that the governor describes in this state of the state is this. I'm going to read this. For too long, passenger rail has been another, quote, moonshot, out of reach for too many people in our state. Coloradans love the idea, but many people believe it's not something they'll see in our lifetimes. Yes, it's big, and yes, it's bold, and I'm here to tell you it's within reach. And then he quotes Agatha Christie, a woman born in 1890, generations before the interstate travel system that we have now to travel by train is to see nature and human beings in fact to see life you know my guess is when you've gone to yellowstone or to rock rocky mountain national park you ain't done it by train so what she's talking about is the past trains were the vehicle and the lifeline to development for america east and west and ultimately north and south across the country she was born in 1890 okay that's not how we do it now we drive on roads and the reason we drive on roads is multiple layered but at the end of the day it's about freedom i get up in the middle of the night and i decide 
you know what, I want to go drive to the King Supers that's open till 11 o'clock at night because I forgot to pick up something for breakfast. I hop in the car and I go drive there. If you're stuck with buses and trains, suck it, brother. You're just going to have to wait because the very predictable and so totally reliable government-imposed schedule means you got to travel when they tell you you can travel. Trains and buses are an important part. Don't get me wrong. They are an important part of the total package. But when you listen to the governor talk, he gives lip service to cars and bemoans the fact that <laughs> that gas is so expensive after having signed into law the latest and greatest gas, ta- gas fee uh, that we all pay at the pump every single time you squeeze that lever. Um, that's where we're going. This is what he's saying. After years of waiting, the pieces are falling into place. The federal government has approved more than $66 billion, billion with a B to create a world-class rail system for, no, not for Colorado, for the country. Okay. Um, This is, folks, I'm just telling you, they envision a Colorado where we're all trapped in the cities in which they live. This is what's crazy about it. Polis doesn't even live in the city. Dude doesn't live in the governor's mansion, right? Guy owns property out in Southern California. He owns a ranch up in Weld County, and that's where he fled to during the COVID. He wasn't a city dweller. Isn't it interesting that the people that have all the means in the world are the ones that are trying to push everybody into the cities while they own all the property outside the cities? It's very, very interesting. But wait, there's more. Public safety. Now, if you'll recall through the first three or four state of the states, I may have that wrong, the governor never mentioned public safety beyond maybe mentioning the words public safety. But that's it. Because it wasn't a thing. And then, of course, we had the crime tsunami ushered in, not by the COVID, but by the lax policies and the hug-a-thug procedures and, and, uh, and laws that the Dems have put into place under the Gold Dome. Well, now public safety is a legit thing. And so he starts, of course, by ingratiating himself towards the men and women of law enforcement and the military. And I appreciate that. I mean, I don't think it's sincere, but I appreciate that he does it. But then he says a couple different things. We all deserve to be safe. I agree, which is why our goal is to make Colorado one of the 10 safest cities in the nation by a year after I'm out of office. Now, he doesn't say it like that. He says by 2027, and I'll be supporting legislation to further that goal and will be very skeptical of legislation that would make us less safe. Not I will oppose. I'll be very skeptical. Not I won't sign. I'll be very skeptical. First off, the first about it was two plus years ago that he first said, hey, my goal is to make us one of the top 10 safest states. We used to be one of the top 10 safest states. At least that's how it felt when I grew up here in Lakewood, Colorado. What's changed? Is it us? Have we changed? I'm not sure that's it. I think there's some of that, especially when we have the demographic shift that we've had and we've invited all of these other ne'er-do-wells in here through our lax drug policies, including the legalization of recreational marijuana. But uh, at the end of the day, folks, that's his stated goal. It's been repeated now two or three times. But if you look at the laws that get passed, they are bonkers towards that end. So here's a couple things. He praises both Democrat and Republican senators who, and this is a quote, we took important steps to crack down on auto theft. Now let's recognize that Colorado has been number one in America 
for per capita for auto theft for years now under the leadership of Governor Polis and the Dems who control the Gold Dome. We have been number one. The changes that he's talking about, are you talking about mandatory jail and arrest? No, no, no. Mandatory prison for conviction, even if it's repeated. No, uh-uh, no, no, none of that stuff. You can still steal a car and be home for dinner so you can uh, charge up and then go out and steal some more cars. And, of course, if you follow A.G. Weiser's uh, sage advice, when someone's stolen three or four cars in about a four-month period, then you consider locking them up. That's the people in charge. So we took important steps to crack down on auto theft. They took baby steps. Important, yes, but important baby steps. So what they did was to take away the value of the vehicle as some sort of a qualification for the felonization of these. And you know there was a significant hand-wringing and tearing of clothes by the lefties in the legislature over this. Like, oh, we can't treat car thieves as felons. They're just looking for a warm place to stay, defecate, and do drugs. That, of course, is not true. Car thieves notoriously steal cars in order to go commit other felonies. Uh, a number of them violent felonies, but that's an aside. So he takes great credit for that after, by the way, having signed in a series of laws that further weaken the criminal justice system. Now, he says here, this is another quote. Sadly, in the last few months, there's been a dramatic increase in horrific acts of hate across the world, including here at home between October the 7th and January the 7th. And remember, October the 7th is significant because it's when the evil Hamas Palestinians uh, invaded Israel and raped women and killed parents in front of their children and beheaded babies and all that stuff that makes you want to negotiate peace with them. That's when that happened was October the 7th and January the 7th. The Anti-Defamation League recorded a 360% increase in anti-Semitic incidents nationwide. The rise in anti-Semitism, Islamophobia... I don't know why the hell you would throw Islamophobia in. Like, has there been a spike in Islamophobia? I mean, have you seen roving gangs of Jews wandering around college campuses saying, oh, we're going to eliminate you? I mean, <laughs> and hate in all forms is unacceptable in Colorado. It may be unacceptable, but you don't have to say boo about it unless you're in a state of the state. You'll recall that uh, Hamas-loving and celebrating uh, Timmy Hernandez uh, that guy went out and danced around during the hours in which babies were being beheaded and women were being raped over in Israel. And uh, the governor said nothing about Tim Hernandez, certainly not by name. A.G. Weiser, also a fellow Jew, said nothing about it. So while we'll take the state of the state as an opportunity to denounce anti-Semitism, we feel obligated to throw in Islamophobia, which is fake, 100 percent fake here in the state of Colorado. Come on, man. That issue, to the extent that it exists, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist, we haven't seen an increase in Islamophobia. It has been at whatever level it has been at. But anti-Semitism? Oh, brother, come on. Come on. Undeniable. There are two former presidents of elite universities who can tell you that the anti-Semitism thing, oh yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. Turns out, when you chant from the river to the sea, and we saw a whole bunch of people at the General Assembly in the peanut gallery doing that exact thing. Where's the decrying that? Where's Governor Polis or A.G. Weiser or, or SOS, Secretary of State Jenna Griswold, all professed Jews 
Where are they to denounce that garbage and to say, you say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And what we hear is the elimination of Jews and Israel. We decry that and it's got to end. Where's that kind of leadership, that kind of guts? I'm sorry. We just we can't afford that in a party that refuses to hold itself accountable for the hate that it inspires and permits, frankly. But anyway, that's a, another part from the governor. Um, here's a, something else regarding public safety. And this is the one that uh, it's outrageous. In keeping with our commitment to public safety, Colorado is leading the nation in our efforts to prevent gun violence. Whether it's strengthening our red flag law, stop. Do you know how we strengthened our red flag law? We permitted the art teacher that hated you in high school to be able to dime you out to the courts as someone who shouldn't have firearms. Yeah, that's right. That's strengthening it. We've allowed Phil Weiser to weigh in. A guy who never, ever, never, never receives a case once it happens, it has to be investigated and handed to him on a silver platter first. This dude's not a first responder. He's not a 10th responder. But now he can weigh in based on his many, many years of non-experience and uh, determine that you should not have your Second Amendment rights also. That's the strengthening of our red flag law. But I continue. Establishing waiting period. Yep. You know what? Every mass shooting we've had would have been prevented by what? No, that's not true. Not a single one would have. Not a single one that I can name. Not Columbine, not STEM, not Aurora, not Mountain Vista, which was a, a near mass shooting, not Boulder, um, not Planned Parenthood down south. In fact, you would struggle to find uh, how a waiting period that Colorado has imposed would have prevented a single mass shooting crime of any kind, or really most of the crimes that we find. Most of the gun violence against other people that we find is not the product of rushing to the gun store, buying a handgun, and then going out and committing a crime. It's fake. Nonetheless, establishing waiting periods, requiring safe storage of firearms in homes where kids are present. Also fake, totally fake. I don't know anybody that owns firearms that, one, doesn't already safely store them, but, two, doesn't store them now if they hadn't because the government said to. This is an after-the-fact law. This is a law designed to punish you after something bad happens. But again, or banning ghost guns, we are a model for the nation and practical, common-sense Limitations on your second, I mean, sorry, solutions to the problem of gun violence while protecting our cherished Second Amendment rights. But hang on, hang on. To build on this work, we're proposing additional investments to prevent convicted felons from illegally purchasing firearms. Folks, where's Kyle Clark on this? Where's Channel 7 or Channel 4 on this? This governor still has a wet signature on a law that permits tens of thousands of convicted felons and Coloradans to possess firearms with the help and the support of the attorney general. What are you talking about? Each year, thousands of people who are prohibited from purchasing a firearm try to do so illegally. As a state, 
we made that legal. Oh, no, I'm sorry. As a state, we need to stand firm and crack down on illegal firearm activity. We're working with U.S. Attorney Cole Finnegan, Attorney General Phil Weiser, and district attorneys to get it done while supporting our rural DA offices. Utter bulk. If I had the button that Stefan had, I might have used it right there. Utter garbage. These clowns legalized the possession of firearms by drug dealers, convicted drug dealers, by convicted car thieves, and tens of thousands of other convicted felons. And now they're saying we're going to invest 600000 of our taxpayer dollars to fund the attorney general's office to provide prosecutors to Cole Finnegan at the U.S. attorney's office to help them enforce their laws, which weirdly were just like our laws before Weiser and Polis advocated changing them. Damn, man. Elections have consequences, but who knew it was this? <laughs> There's more to this. We'll talk about it. We've got some sound when we come back. Uh, hey, listen, before I cut away, I want to tell you about uh, Brent and Joyce Tolliver, uh, superstars. They, I love these people. They've been in my house. They have gone through just about every room in my house that has a cabinet because what they do with roll them out shelves is to find a way to make your house efficient, more usable, and frankly, a happier place to be now they have a website where you can check out the videos and that's what i do as i would go check out the videos um, because they show their long-term uh employees that not not subcontractors and that matters i'm not dinging uh subcontractors what i am telling you is that when you have long-term employees there's a different level of accountability these aren't people who come and go these are people who are committed to the business and so for that purpose, you get roll em out shelves. Now, roll em out is also a, a mother-son operation, so you know that you're getting small business kind of focus on customer service, not some big box store thing. I would give these folks a call today for the free in-home estimate, 303-475-9601, 303-475-9601. That's rollemoutshelves.com. When we come back... Your text, which, yes, I've neglected. I apologize. Your calls at 303-696-1971. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. To recognize the men and women and law enforcement and the members of the military, that are here with us today, if they can rise, and we can express our gratitude for their service. Thank you for your work. We all deserve to be safe, which is why our goal is to make Colorado one of the 10 safest states by 2027, and I'll be supporting legislation to further that goal, and we'll be very skeptical of any legislation that would make Colorado less safe. Yeah, the opposite of support is not skepticism. The opposite of support is oppose, and yet he won't oppose it. Folks, uh, that's Jared Polis. Uh, my name's George Brockler. This is The George Show. Holding the governor accountable in a way that apparently we just can't get anywhere else, especially on this topic. Remember that to keep Colorado safe, that's the umbrella the governor wants to take $600,000 and give it to Phil Weiser to hire prosecutors, not for him to use to enforce Colorado law because they broke Colorado law. It's to give them to the U.S. attorney. Now, you'll recall also we have laws that prevent 
law enforcement from communicating with ICE because it's not local business to enforce federal law. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, it's local business to enforce federal law when it comes to guns, especially after we trashed our own gun laws. Somebody, for the love of God, please ask Phil Weiser or Jared Polis to explain how this isn't hypocrisy and a violation of everything that they've screamed at the top of their lungs about immigration for the last five years. Bonkers. Let's go to the phone lines. Nick, you're on 710 KNUS. Nick, what do you think? Um, everything you said, I couldn't agree with more. But here's the problem. The Democrats in this state have the loudest megaphone. And our yep. message is simply not getting out to the average citizen. And most people are not policy wonks like you because you're in that business. You're in the information business. So you can spend a lot of time during the day, apart from your legal work, uh, to investigate all this. But until, until common sense voices find their own voice and get the message out, we're going nowhere. Everything you said is completely true, but the average citizen doesn't hear that. They don't get. They don't really get the full uh, information. And uh, the but, whole. But Nick, think, whole, what, think about what you're saying. And again, we get in this double-edged sword here thing, and that is, we want to undervalue the knowledge and intelligence of voters when they vote against us, and we want to say when they vote the way we like that. Yep, that's the vote of the will of the vote, like H H. I think it's more complicated than that. I do agree with you, by the way, that the Democrats dominate uh, media. They dominate social media. Yes, They're they able do. able to communicate their message more easily than yes. we can. And that there are a lot of low-information voters. But I, I'm just worried about, about worried about saying could, the bad outcomes that we disagree with are the product of no information. It could be that Colorado has changed demographically to the point where people just don't agree with us. That, that is true. However, these people have not been exposed to the true story. So how do we expose them to the, to the, to the big picture? We have to get the statistics out. I think one of the fastest ways you can get your message across, don't get sidelined with, with philosophy and all that other stuff, because unless you've had a decent education and you can think for yourself all that stuff kind of goes in one ear and out the other. You have to present it with the statistics. Back in 2005, here were the statistics on murder and every other uh, level of crime. Here's what's happened in, in, in the interim years, and, and they, can make, they can connect the dots on their own or at least give them that chance. We have to get the statistics out. Now, the, one of the best things that ever happened is what Elon Musk bought Twitter or whatever it's called now, X or Y or whatever it is called. At least yeah. it was exposed how one-sided the message is, in, in not only locally but nationally. People are not getting the full story. Yeah, I, I, I agree that definitely X has changed uh, under Elon Musk. I'm not sure it's all positive. At least that's how the, the advertisers see it. But I do think it is a different platform and that these social media companies have the ability to algorithm the message they like best at the expense of the ones they don't like the best. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Like the good stuff is I'm not interested in seeing a whole bunch of things on I hate Jews on social media or death to Jews or that kind of stuff. But having said that, 
I do want us to have more open communication. I just don't know that that means that we win. Nick, thank you for that phone call, man. 303-696-1971. Nick's line is open. Let's do that too. Um, I feel obligated by a sense of fairness to uh, praise Governor Polis when he says things, whether he doesn't, whether he does them or not, I don't know, but when he says things with which I agree from a principle, policy, ideology standpoint. And he did that yesterday when it comes to taxes. Billy, do you have that clip? Thanks to Colorado's amazing success. We're well on our year, we're well on our way towards another record year of Tabor surpluses projected to be between 1.6 and 1.8 billion with a B dollars. A healthy Tabor surplus is of course a sign of a strong economy, but also a signal that the tax rate is simply too high. Not a single Democrat hand is clapping, by the way. Tax relief, tax relief is the best mechanism to relieve cost of living pressure and spur economic growth for everyone in our state. As demonstrated by our healthy surplus in Colorado, taxes are simply too high. Income taxes, property taxes, and the state sales tax. We ignore that sim- signal at our own peril. And I challenge Democrats and Republicans to work together to improve our economic growth and success by not taking taxes that we can't keep anyway and instead working on a bold and balanced and progressive package, including cutting the income tax rate. Dang. (laughs) That, that, That was Jared Polis. Yes, you heard it right, folks. Cutting the income tax rate. Now, he threw in the word progressive because he's got to make a little bit of love to the far lefties out there on his team. But did you hear that muted applause? That's because there are only 19 Republicans in the House and a near super minority in the Senate. Those were all of their hands clapping because the Dems freaked out. One, he praised Tabor. (gasps) He actually said Tabor. He didn't call it the Colorado Koshback. He actually used the word Tabor repeatedly. You can't say it. It's like Voldemort for the Dems. Not only did he say it, he praised it and then said, it's a signal. Our taxes are too high. We should cut income taxes. OMG, man. Can you imagine the Dems? Ah! Scott Wasserman from the Bell Policy Center, the, the Sinestro to Michael Fields Green Lantern from Advanced Colorado. That dude must have just been like you. I, it's time for me to leave the state. I can't do it. That's the right answer. Now, careful, though. Careful. We do want to cut the income tax rate. But you know what these freak shows are going to do on the left? They're going to try to cut it in a way that creates a progressive, not a flat, a progressive tax rate where they're going to say, well, we'll cut taxes for everyone. We'll cut one penny for those people who make more than $50,000 a year, but we're going to cut jillions for the folks that actually don't pay the taxes in the same quantities to begin with. Be aware of that coming. Be aware of that. we got to keep the flat tax in Colorado. Hell, we'd love to have a flat tax nationally, and we need to reduce it. That part I agree with. The other thing I agree with is that if you're in the market to buy or sell a home, the only number you care about is this one, 833-301-SOLD. That's Gay Ribble and the Empower Home team of Keller Williams number, 833-301-SOLD. Why sold? Because that's what they do. More than every other group out there, quicker than every other group out there, and for a higher, uh, for more money in your pocket. 
than the other groups that are out there. These aren't people who decided to get into real estate later on in life because they wanted to put a couple extra bucks in their pocket. No, 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 no. These are people who have made a career of putting families in the right home and getting them the right price for their home and the one they're moving into. Gay Ribble can be found, her whole team, at sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. Sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. Cool news is we're going to be in studio with Gay uh, next week, and we'll have a conversation about all the stuff you'd want to know about real estate. I just pick her brain all the time. We don't script anything. It's just me doing a free-for-all with Gay about all sorts of things, from adoption to real estate to homes, best place to buy a house. She even gave me some advice off air about maybe looking at something for my son up in Fort Collins if he's going to stay in that area after college. I mean, she just knows stuff. Why not get the benefit of it? That's sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. Listen, let's do this. Let's cut away for a break. When we come back, there are a billion texts. I have not gotten to them yet. That's unfair. And uh, I want to try to get through many of these things as best I can before we punch out. It's George Brockler on The George Show, 710 KNUS. Oh, Billy has come through, folks. If you were a loyal listener and you listened to the 6 o'clock, we had a conversation about this very song from uh, Jefferson Airplane. That is an awesome beginning. I'm now going to listen to that on my way to DU Law School to teach after the radio show uh, this morning. That dude's voice, man. That's a great, great song. We should have Sing Along Fridays, Billy, where we just pick a song. You, me, maybe some callers, and we just jam to a couple That'd verses of something. I just think that would be brilliant. Let's let's target that for next week. Folks, something else to target, by the way, in 2024, especially if you're a dude, is the idea that you may be at that place in life where your body is starting to think about something other than keeping you active and, uh, and super engaged in even intimacy with your significant other. And that's because of something that happens to so many men, naturally not their fault, low testosterone. Now, nobody's going to go wear a shirt that said, I had low T and I called Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic. Nobody's going to do that. But I will tell you, if they did, you would see those T-shirts everywhere because guys just like you, just like me, who've experienced this same natural phenomenon, who want better sleep, they want to have that joie de vivre, that spring in their step, the energy and enthusiasm and commitment to work out more or whatever it is you do with your partner, um, they've called Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic and they've had the benefit of their expertise. Uh, 720-440-7900 is their number. 720-440-7900. You can also visit them at Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic. All four words together, rockymountainmensclinic.com. Uh, It's a $99 appointment, well worth every penny. But here's the thing. If you decide to sign up with them, and there's a 10-question true-false, less-than-two-minute quiz on the website to tell you if you should even consider it. But if you decide to go with them, that 99 bucks, it gets forgiven. It gets rolled into the cost of the rest of the treatment. Why wouldn't you want to do that? RockyMountainMensClinic.com. Now, uh, listen, we have gone over the state of the state in as much detail as I'd be willing to do that, but we have a ton of text here, and I want to get to some of these. Some of these go back a bit, but I want to make sure that uh, I get a chance to read some of these. 
Somebody texted in, is Alec Baldwin a bad actor with a gun? Yes, because anybody that has ever responsibly owned a firearm knows that you don't pick up a gun, whether you think it's loaded or not, put your finger on the trigger and pull it when it's pointed near another human being. That is moronic. What's that? Especially if you don't check the chamber first. Yeah, especially if you don't check the chamber. But anyone will tell you, doesn't matter. Even if you check the chamber, you just don't swivel the barrel towards another human being unless you're prepared to kill that person. That's just how it works, right? So here we are. Uh, here's another one. George, I turned Governor Polis off. I'm so glad you're discussing this because it just confirms why I didn't watch him. You are spot on, but thanks for adding some humor to it. We need humor because that's about all we have. Dang, that's sad. Ha. Huh? I teach watercolor, takes lots of materials and supplies that I take from home to a studio. My husband thinks I should buy a trailer. Will I need a special license to drive my car back and forth? Students also bring supplies back and forth to the studio. Yeah, that's another great question, isn't it? Uh, I guess if you want to tow something, you can pay someone to do it. Maybe you can rent a truck. Maybe you can go rent a U-Haul, but you don't actually need something. You don't need a car. Here's one... uh, George, you're doing a great job going over this governor's insane wish list. True. This was a, <laughs> this is a funny one. If George B. went missing for five days, this is a reference to my tardiness coming into the 8 o'clock hour. Would anyone notice? No. Everyone watches podcasts these days. I responded with, and yet here you are. <laughs> my question to the governor, does he take the bus from Boulder to Denver for work? That's fascinating. The bus stang. The st- That's a very interesting question. I wonder. I'll, I can tell you this, by the way. You know who took the bus every single day to the federal courthouse when he was the chief judge for the United States District of Colorado? Was Judge Richard P. Mache. He was the judge over the Oklahoma City bombing trial. That guy took the bus from, he was up, uh, maybe it was Left Hand Canyon or something like that near Boulder, every single day. I don't know that it was a commitment to the environment or whatever, but that guy did it. And if the chief judge of the U.S. District Court of Colorado can, certainly Jared P. Polis, is it P? Jared Polis can. Uh, but that's such an interesting question. That's You know what? There was another topic we may get to this next week that Billy had found, too, and that was there are some clips out there of the mayor of Boston saying, people, please consider inviting these migrant families into your homes and businesses over the winter because we don't have any place to store them. And the immediate question has to be how many are in your house, mayor, or how many are in your deputies' houses? How many, I mean, did the chief of police invite them in? Any of your appointees? What's that? Um, yeah, we can finish up with that. Let's play that sound. That sounds good. If you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Worker Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of your family. <laughs> Just <laughs> the hypocrisy. By the way, and this is the topic we'll talk on Monday, is that coming for Denver? Are we about to hear Mayor Mike Johnston, who has now said, hey, surrounding communities, I know we made a ridiculous policy decision in saying we're a sanctuary city and inviting busloads of 36,000 immigrants into into Denver. We need your help. Is he on the verge of doing a press conference like that? Asking you and me to open our doors to these people we didn't invite here to begin with? 
Interesting. I wonder if he will. I wonder if the mayor will. And you know what? If any elected official would put their money where their mouth is, Mike Johnston would. I swear to you, Mike Johnston would. And so if he doesn't invite a migrant family into his home, then you know what's up. But I'm telling you, that's a guy that would back it. He's not just talk. That dude would do it. I'm telling you, he's a guy of character, whether you agree or disagree with his policies. He would do it. So I'm open to the idea that he'll ask for it, but then he'll back it up. He'll say, we invited a migrant family into our home. Uh, That'll be very, very interesting to see if that happens. A couple other texts. Uh, George, he sounds like a Republican. That's a reference to Polis and the tax cuts and the Tabor stuff. Per the last caller, I would like to point out that statistics can be easily manipulated. I know this as I once worked for a firm that did exactly that. Well, you know, Mark Twain says there's liars, damn liars, and statisticians. Joan, so on 212, the city council of Lakewood's voting to be a sanctuary city. (laughs) Of course they are, (laughs) because they've seen Denver, and they said, we'd like that too. Give it to Jared and Hick for setting goals to achieve after they're out of office. Perfect example of crappy leadership. That's our friend Alexa. Another one. uh, Hope you can put the podcast up soon. I want to promote it on my Facebook page. It's been a great show as usual. Thank you so much for that. Um. Uh, Oh, I know. This is someone talking about the Alec Baldwin thing. As in his acting skills. Oh, (laughs) they were trying to be funny as a bad actor with a gun. Uh, You know what? That is clever. I'm not that bright, but you know what? Text is tone deaf. It's just that you can rarely get the good stuff short of an emoji out of a text. Hey, my thanks to everybody that joined us today. Sherry Pife, Madison Gilbert from the RNC, Commodore... Uh, Paul Lundeen from the state Senate and Billy, thanks for making it happen. And you guys, the calls, the texts, it was all great. How much time, Billy? 10 seconds. Well, that's not enough to say much more than stick around for Monday. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.